Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Guess who just got back today? The wild-eyed boys that had been away. Haven't changed, had much to say. But man, I still think them cats are great. They were asking if you were around How you was, where you could be found I told them you were living downtown Driving all the old men crazy everybody welcome into the show 16th of december already it is the saturday session the boys are back in town well two-thirds of the boys are back in town the third guy is back in town but he's just unavailable to join us today uh grant elliott i'm sure i can speak on his behalf uh we'll sorely miss you today and for the rest of the year this is our last show this is our last show oh the collective oh well there'll be a few fist pumps i'm sure a few fist pumps uh, welcome aboard. Our number is 0800 150 811. You can uh, join us, double eight double three. I think we're the first of the last shows, if that makes sense. I, I think there's a regular lineup of programs uh, next week, Monday through Friday. So does that mean we, we, we get to jumpstart on season, uh, you know, year in review stuff? That time-honoured that time honored thing in the world of radio, if you so please. 0800 150 811. Uh, one of my most joyous things of the year, uh, Huckleberry Finn joining the team. We're, we we do miss Ben Francis. There's there's no denying that. But Huckleberry Finn has been a a welcome addition to the program. And you know what? In what five months of being on the program, he's already learned more than Grant. You don't miss the last show, do you, Finn? No. Unless you just open you you open yourself up, Grant. If to a world of hurt. I hope he's a listening. A world of hurt. I hope he's listening. It's like I, he took, I don't a, think he is took a dagger and just stabbed it in my heart, man. <laughs> I'm missing for weeks. The last show, and he's like, nah, not coming Can't on. Make it. Stuff him, stuff, make it. stuff him. He, he, he is coming on. I, I spoke with him earlier, and we recorded our final swinging both ways for the year. He reflected on that extraordinary last day of uh, the, the, the test match against Bangladesh, which might appease a couple of cricket fans. It seems like there's quite a, quite a heated sort of, cricket community a little bit frustrated with where the black caps currently are you know what well, I, I can kind of understand it after that first loss the selection I, I i just can't fathom not playing rach and ravindra um in that test series either a as a specialist batsman um who was it was it dylan cleaver on the bounce great writer great writer dylan cleaver said you could have even picked him he get in so and made a really strong case for that so um 
yeah, I, I understand that. Uh, but they did respond, and Glenn Phillips, what a mighty effort that was. So we'll talk about uh, that series, um, how the test uh, finished, and, and we'll forecast ahead. We've got live international cricket coming your way tomorrow on the uh, station. We've got uh, the first of the one-day internationals between New Zealand and Bangladesh. Uh, much changed New Zealand lineup from the one that represented us at the uh, Cricket World Cup, making it all the way to the semi-finals. It's been a long few months, isn't it? And some players look really weary and tired. I mean, some are carrying niggles, so it is a much-changed group. So there will be some fresh faces, whether it's a Clarkson or an O'Rourke. Um, others who haven't had a whole heap of time. Uh, fans of Rutsch and Ravindra will get to see him actually playing again for the Black Caps. Uh, looking forward to bringing you coverage of that uh, tomorrow. Uh, that is in the horizon. We'll catch up with Chris Harris. who will be part of our commentary team. Uh, after 12 o'clock to preview that, and also get his thoughts on a, a game he called alongside uh, the rest of our commentary team at Hagley Oval yesterday. Really gripping encounter in the women's uh, one-day series between New Zealand and Pakistan. Uh, New Zealand, and uh, I'll get to the details in our sporting headlines in just a moment, but uh, it was quite a crazy game that went to the wire. Probably shouldn't have, uh, you could argue, but uh, gripping stuff for sure. But we really want to hear from you today on 0800 We'll talk uh, some basketball a little bit later. We're going to uh, talk Draymond Green and his indefinite suspension from the NBA. What's going on there? Always uh, an a decent time of the year to sort of take stock of that league too around Christmas time. The games roll on thick and fast, but uh, we probably have a good idea who's in it, who's not, who might be shaping up to make an impact at the trade window, all those sort of things. Uh, very much going to uh, enjoy chatting to a man who knows the sport incredibly well. Uh, Binyam Kadani, uh, hope I pronounced that last name right. I always get his name wrong. I'm, I'm really, it is Kadani, I'm sure of it. Thank you. I'm getting a nod from Finn, who is Mr. Basketball. So I've got that right. He is Senior Editor for NBA Australia, uh, as we're about a quarter of the way through the uh, NBA season. That feature interview will be around about 11.14. Uh, Chris Harris Joining us about quarter past 12, Grant Elliott and our Swinging Both Ways segment after 11 o'clock. But uh, it is uh, your chance to reflect on the sporting week. If there's something top of mind you want to discuss with Vin and I, uh, now is your opportunity. Or if you just want to look back at the sporting year that has been. You know, what has been your highlight? If I'm to look at it through my sporting fan eyes, man, I'm sick of being the bridesmaid this year. Nearly every single one of my teams came close but gave me nutter. Not much. Hope. It's the hope that kills you. Right? What say you? What has stood out? 0800-150-811. From your own sporting private universe. Right now, though, let's get to the uh, latest in sporting headlines. At, uh, what is the time? Five, oh, it's already six minutes after. I'm waffling. The, the White Ferns. The White Ferns have survived a batting collapse to snatch a dramatic one-wicket win over Pakistan in their second one-day international at Hagley Oval in Christchurch. A batting first, Pakistan made 220 all-out in their 50 overs, losing their last wicket with the last ball. Captain Fatima Sana top-scoring with a really, really impressive 90 off 104. They'd lost wickets early, so it was a, a rebuild job, and they, they built up a decent total in the end, 220. For New Zealand, Sophie Devine... Uh, the leading wicket-taker grabbing three for 25. In reply, New Zealand had wobbles early with 13 for two in the third over when Maddie Green joined Susie Bates and the pair combined for a 142-run stand to put New Zealand in a dominant position before Bates was dismissed for 74. Four overs later, Green went for 83 off 96. 
And that sparked a collapse as New Zealand lost 5 for 36 to find themselves 9 down with 13 runs still required. Uh, but Leah Tahuhu and Fran Jonas held their nerve, getting New Zealand home with 7 balls to spare to secure the win and claim a series victory with a game to spare. Gulam Fatima was the best of the Pakistan bowlers, taking 4 for 47, the uh, wrist spinner. Uh, the roller coaster does not stop for the New Zealand Breakers and their fans, who last night uh, saw the Breakers secure a red-hot win over the Kings Taipans by 111-82. to 82. Anthony Lamb had a day out. He led the Breakers with 29 points and 8 rebounds, while uh, Parker Jackson Cartwright, yeah, no Sex in the City jokes today, uh, added 20 points. Uh, and Finn Delaney contributed 11 points and 7 rebounds uh, for the Breakers. Now, the Breakers utterly raced out of the gate in this game. I think they started with an 11-2, sorry, an 11-3 run and led by 18, 36-18 at the end of the first quarter. And they kept the foot down uh, and held a huge advantage, 62-36 at half time. Uh, they held on to win uh, pretty comfortably in the end. And now the Breakers' record stands at five wins and nine losses this season. Uh, it doesn't change their fortunes much on the ladder. Uh, they are now just one win behind the Taipans uh, in eighth position, the break in, Breakers, and they do have a game in hand on the uh, Ken side, who they beat last night. At the top, it remains Melbourne United, uh, 12 wins from 15. Are they the class above, Mr. Basketball? They've they been really good this year. They have been yeah, really good this year. Yeah, three wins better uh, than the rest of the league after 15 games is pretty telling to me. Absolutely. They, they've been classed this year for sure. They're the team to beat. Okay, the, you, hear, you hear it. Uh, let's go to the English Premier League. We we're four minutes into the Friday night game, Saturday morning our time. It is Nottingham Forest hosting, uh, you've got to say, Ange Postacoglu's at Tottenham Hotspur now because we are still broadcasting to Australia, aren't we? Uh, I'm pretty sure they've changed their name. Uh, officially in Australia, uh, and a good news for Spurs, who over the last uh, couple of weeks are starting to get their best uh, players back. They had been hit badly by injuries, and they had some uh, wobbles, of course, that, that string of losses, uh, but look on track to win a second straight game in the English Premier League, which will see them join Manchester City on 33 competition points uh, in a tie for fourth. Yeah, I know goal difference. I don't really bind a goal difference at this stage of the season. It's all about points. Uh, they do lead this contest by one goal to nil. They're utterly dominant as far as possession. They've had upwards of 80% possession. Probably haven't fashioned as many chances as they would want with all that dominance. But uh, Richarlison, uh, back in the goals, he scored two last time. Uh, a headed goal this time, two minutes into added time, uh, just before the halftime whistle sounded. And Spurs now, five minutes into that second half, are leading by one goal to nil. Meantime, Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp does not expect to see another one-sided result against Manchester United when the two great rivals meet on Monday morning, our time at Anfield. The corresponding fixture last season at Liverpool's home ground, the Reds put seven past United in a history-making win. But Jurgen Klopp says, the 7-0 we knew on the day was a freakish result that happens once in a life pretty much. Liverpool are currently league leaders, of course, heading into the round, and United are 10 points behind and have uh, sort of been win-loss, win-loss over the last few weeks. Um, but when you factor in European competitions, I think they've won one of their last five matches in all competitions. Um, live coverage of the match on the SENZ app from 5.30 Monday morning. Uh, there you have it, the very latest in sporting headlines.
The time is uh, 11 minutes after 10 o'clock. Our number is 0800 150 All right, Huckleberry, you, you can play the role of Mr Grant Elliott. Your own personal universe, your own sporting year, the teams you follow, have you been fulfilled? Have you been satisfied? Have they hit the right spot? Can I get any more sexual innuendo in this if I tried? I, I think I'm in the same boat as you, Daniel. I feel like I was teased all year. Yeah. Like every team that I kind of rooted for was just almost there, and then they didn't make it. So, but same as you, like start of the year, breakers, oh yeah, finally made the grand final in however long, just to go down, you know, as you do and in, in, in breakers fashion. And then, uh, you know, World Cups as well this year, just the, the New Zealand teams to just never, never get over the line. So it's very unfortunate, but a good year nonetheless. Very entertaining, and um, I mean, we've still got still got some time left for the end of the year. Some black caps and white caps. Oh, so a hell of a lot of good sport. Absolutely, a lot of good sport. Uh, you know, the World Cup year that this you know every four years tends to to leave us, and so many memories. Hard to sort of remember every single one of them. You know, favorite games, favorite teams, favorite plays, favorite moments. Uh, if you want to join us. 0800-150-811 is our number. You can text us on double eight double three. We are live through to one o'clock. Uh, we being uh, myself and Huckleberry. Now, Huckleberry, you've got a few treats for us today. Is that the case? I do. We've got a number of clips to, to play throughout. And how would you describe these clips? Funny moments, best moments, just just some good laughs throughout throughout the, my time on the session from from about July right. onwards. Yeah. What what I've also done as we share the load here, Grant is. Um, uh, an absentia, so we didn't uh, canvas his opinion, uh, which is which is fair. Uh, I've picked out a couple of interviews I've absolutely loved uh, from our time this year, um, and I deliberately chose a couple before your time, Finn, so you can uh, enjoy them. It's a treat. It's a treat. We, we for like me. For, we yeah, we like variety on this program. We we like covering the nuts and bolts and the big stories of the week, so on and so forth. But but it's fair to say the show likes going down rabbit holes. Uh, you know, likes going down uh, the the unusual, the uncanny, the weird, the mighty. Um, and I'll, I've got a couple of beauty interviews uh, we'll try and drop in uh, along the way. Uh, would you like to start things off, though? Oh, I'd love to. It's, shra- it's shrouded in secrecy. How, how, how are we going to play this out? I haven't even thought about it. I've, I've just, I've kind of have everything in chronological order of, of when I first started about some good moments. I guess we could, we could start off. Should we start off with my first show on the session? Well, we, do we roll out the red carpet? What sort of treatment did we give you? Did we immediately fire barbs? Which, let's be fair, Grant and I tend to trade a few sort of, uh, you know, lines from time to time. Or, or did we give you some sort of fake, um, you know, love early to, 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 to lull you into a false sense of security? Why do we, why do we find out? Okay, let's find out. Hey, we'll get to headlines in just a moment before a rundown of what's to come up, but we've got to welcome a new addition. New addition to the show, Finn James, joining us, is, uh, joining us as our producer. Unfortunately, um, he lost. He lost the game in Auckland where they put all the producers in one room um, and they had, they, had, uh, they had a number of seats, but one more producer than seats, and it was a scramble. And it was a scramble. I hear it was quite fight. It was like cage fighting, I, I, I hear, because no one wanted <laughs> to come near the show. And there was punching, there was eye gouging. Yeah. I think jokes by Joe got an eight-week suspension. Uh, absolutely ridiculous for, you know, a low blow, you might say. Uh, there's a couple of Richard Lowe elbows thrown <laughs> in there as well. And unfortunately, Finn lost. And uh, he is now our producer. 
<laughs> so yeah, there you go. I lost a big, a big basically royal rumble at the SCNZ office. So <laughs> who I'll took throw you it down? First. That's the thing. You've never really revealed, you know, the details of of, of how you lost because I assume you must have been first eliminated. I was. I was over the top, first over the top rope. I won't share my secrets. But I was first over the top rope. But maybe it was strategic. Maybe I was just so excited to get on here that I just walked over the top of the rope. <laughs> right, but yeah. I don't Excellent. tell my secrets, Daniel McCarty, and you will never know. And despite my, my sheer size of being about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, I was eliminated first, and here I am. <laughs> well, Grant and I aren't the biggest. Grant, you know, uh, the beanpole, the hairy jab. Um, I'm short and fat. Um, you know, you're following in the footsteps of Ben Francis, um, who's a big unit yes. too, mate. Yes, so, he is. Um, yeah, yeah, no, no. obviously, obviously, size does matter when it comes to uh, producing this uh, program. But it's uh, been great having you, mate. Oh, thank um, you. Really appreciate yeah, hope, that. Hope you've enjoyed. Hope, 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 hope you've enjoyed it too. Oh, I've loved every minute you know, of it, mate. Like, Grant, Grant, and I are shortest ships of the night. That time, it's hard to come down. You know, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Personal highlight, low light. Oh, oh, no low lights. Never, never a low light on the Saturday session. Uh, personal highlights. Oof, there's been there's been a lot. Having having a Grant's friend Christian Slice on has been a bit of a joke every now and then, because <laughs> he's an absolute character. And we'll get into a few of his clips later on. They're always a good laugh. And no, nah, just you and Grant have some excellent banter, and it always makes my Saturday morning worthwhile. Getting up a little bit earlier. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that, Finn. It's it's been great having you uh, on the program. Our number is 0800-150811. Uh Feel free to join us. Uh, one thing, and, and I'm sure Grant will uh, agree with me on this, one thing we absolutely love is clearing the decks between 10 and 11 o'clock and, and talking to you sports fans about the issues of today, the week, um, the games, the selections, the drama, the controversy. Uh, really is a treat, um, and I hope it continues. Uh, it's a bit of a slow start today. It's that time of year, though, isn't it? I, I wonder if there is a bit of sporting fatigue after the... the the year that we've had, we've had so much, we've been so invested. I, I, I do wonder if people are taking a bit of a deep breath, <gasps> sort of collecting themselves um, uh, at the end of the year, um, and uh, maybe not as completely dialed in. I took a couple of weeks off after I was filling in for Smithy's show during the Cricket World Cup, and I must admit I sort of completely unplugged from sport. Sporting uh, fatigue, eh? Uh, it's been a huge year. It has Absolutely been massive. Although we probably shouldn't grumble too much when we eye what's coming up in 2024. What have Good we got point. I haven't even looked forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. We'll probably uh, you know, be lamenting the, the lack of world t- tournaments come March. Uh, who knows? But uh, I, I'd love to hear from you one last time. Uh, listeners, uh, callers, I, I've really enjoyed speaking to you over the year. Feel free to join us. Uh, you can talk about the issues of the day and the week. As I say, we, we just might want to reflect on the sporting year that has been. You know, what has been the highlights? Um, I, I'm always biased because it, I tend to have the strongest memories of games or events that I'm involved in. I, I think that's sort of natural. Uh, so if, I, if you'd asked me, Finn, I know you haven't, um, but if you were to ask me, you know, what, what were the most enjoyable things to be involved in this year? Uh, to be involved in a cricket test commentary uh, with an with an overseas broadcaster, so to be the the outside the outsider to add the new the New Zealand perspective, in a test match that finished with the Black Caps winning by one run, at the Basin Reserve, uh, I'm going to long remember um, a topsy turvy game, 
incredible. Neil Wagner, of course, who looked toast in the first test against England and Mount Wanganui, but incredible sort of resolve to come back and to win a test by one run. The scenes, the noise, the energy at uh, the Basin Reserve late on. Incredible, really. Um, that, that's going to be hard to miss, but it, it will have been given the honour by SNZ to, to be involved in so many of the World Cups over the last, well, dating back to late last year with the, the Men's World Cup, then we had the uh, the Women's Football World Cup on our own shores, and that was of particular um, joy it, it, it gave me, and I'm, I'm sure many of our listeners as well, sort of an unexpected ride uh, on the back of that Hannah Wilkinson goal and that win in the opening game, then the downside to sport, you know, we all got that hope kills you line certainly uh, grabbed us when it came to our football ferns. Is, you know, it's hard for me to ignore the hugely disappointing result against the Philippines. It's, man, I'm sure there's going to be so much remorse and regret amongst the players on that day when they are finished and they look back of what could have been. A round of 16 really should have been taken. It was not. Uh, but the tournament overall, the fans, the environment, uh, the atmosphere, um, and the commitment SEN and SENZ made to providing every single game of that tournament on radio, it's just unheard of. So uh, we, it was an utter joy to be involved in that tournament, for sure. Uh, that's right up there. Of course, Rugby World Cup too. that was incredible from my own expective, uh, perspective. Um, the game, the quarterfinal round, um, amazing. The semi-finals, we all knew were going to be lopsided. They were particularly lopsided and a disappointment. And whilst whilst maybe the rugby world has viewed the World Cup final as a gripping encounter, here being on the losing side, we've sort of grumbled and mumbled uh, perhaps a little bit too long about uh, how the game was officiated. Um, and that's probably left a bad taste in all of our mouths. Um, then you factor in the Cricket World Cup, a little taste there. So uh, they're probably my particular heights. But if there's one event that probably rises above them all, um, due to the fact that it really did capture the imagination of New Zealand sporting fans and, and seen them turn out in such huge numbers and make such you know great noise and environment, um, I'll probably elevate the, the Women's World Cup right at the top of that as, as far as an experience because it went for weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, that's just my thoughts. Uh, you may want to uh, offer your, um, your highest, brightest, uh, most poignant, lasting memories of uh, the sporting year that has been 2023. Uh, do encourage you to join the show. 0800-150-811. Back with more shortly. This is the Saturday session, 22 minutes after. My brothers, I ain't even got to say it. That's just something they know. They know, they know, they know. They know, they know, they know. They know, they know, they know. Yeah, they know, yeah. That the real is on the rise. The mother guy. Tell you what, Grant uh, love going out to this nightclub called Crazy Pianos in Schaveninger in Holland. Remember that place, oh, Great place. Yeah, it was great place. Great, great place. Yeah, yeah, live music. So Grant, I remember it well. Oh, great music. And Grant's footwork was terrible. Uh, his dance moves was terrible. Can I, can I tell you what? It was, this is magnificent. He was, he was, oh, he was as stiff as a surfboard. You, could have, you should have seen him. He didn't know what to do. He didn't. But Sizer. I tell you what, that's <laughs> Yep. 
I don't know if you remember, but uh, it was a husband and wife that used to teach it. And the wife of yeah. them always used to take me because I think I was the, the worst example in the class. Mate, made everyone feel good about themselves. Who would have thought dance lessons helped Grant Elliott become the cricketer he was today? That was uh, Christian Sizo. Sizo. Um, who liked who liked to yarn and liked you know uh, mocking Grant at every opportunity. That's why we always invited him back. A guy he played cricket with in the Netherlands. Um, yeah, like ballroom dancing. It took dance lessons. Incredible. Didn't we try to dance? You did. And here's a clip of it. Lead me, Grant. Lead me. Show me some of your dance moves. I, 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 on, I can't remember. Up. It was just... Nada mir, nada mir. Say cunt, say cunt. Nada mir, nada mir. Nada mir. Absolutely hopeless. Towards the wall. <laughs> but, uh, to the wall. Link the foot. Link, 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 and wreck. Yeah, Grant is stiff as a plank. <laughs> Can only imagine. Fair to say. Fair to say. And, and, you know, listen to your um, uh, intro music there. Um, the dollar dollar bill dance that he always seemingly throws out whenever you play anything um, with a deep beat, if you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. can only imagine <laughs> exactly. what this man looks like in a nightclub. Yeah, brilliant stuff. So thank you to Sizo and all our guests this year uh, for joining us, especially when we uh, get to um, you know laugh at Grant's expense. I Grant, I know you're not here. Don't fret. I, I'm sure uh, Finn is an equal opportunist. I, I'm sure there are... There Know, he'll find a way to mock me uh, along the way. But Tuvis, you're right for not being here, mate. Um, simply, <laughs> before we get to another break, really dramatic game um, in the one-day series between uh, New Zealand and uh, Pakistan. We'll get to that. I, I need to update you, though, on the uh, the English Premier League. Uh, a bit has happened in that ad break. Firstly, Ever- Everton. I've got Grant on the brain. Um, Tottenham have gone 2-0 up. Dejan Kulisewski has scored... Um, but Papasar is about to be sent off for Tottenham for um, an outrageously bad challenge. Studs up, that's hit the knee of Yates of uh, Nottingham Forest. So after going 2-0 up after 65 minutes, uh, Spurs will be sent off. And uh, that looks like automatic red and looks like a three-week suspension coming up for him. So just as they get him back and other players back, Spurs look like they're going to lose another player. That looks like definite contact to the knee, doesn't it, Finn? Looks nasty, man. Yeah. Yeah, That's does, that does look nasty. Oh. That's got to hurt. So um, uh, the referee has gone to the replay screen. Um, he's having a look. He's uh, turned around. Uh, initially, it was a yellow card, and it is upgraded straight red. And Yves Basuma, in fact. Oh, gee, that's an even bigger loss. Yves Basuma, he's a really important card to that uh, Spurs midfield. Straight red. My God, like, footballers are hilarious. How can you argue that? He looks in disbelief. How can you argue that? He looks in he's, like, he's proper disbelief. How? I must admit, one of the most one of the most encouraging um, things I've seen in world sport administrators, and we're all very good at panning uh, sporting administrators. One of the things I've really enjoyed um, is finally football waking up to the utter nonsense and shameful acts of the way players get to treat uh, referees, how they can surround them. Now we can argue over whether it's the right way to try and eliminate this um, because they're going to trial bringing in yellow, you know, simbinings, aren't they, essentially? Um, but the sport for too long has allowed players to intimidate referees, 
to surround them, to get in their face, to shout at them, to tell them to, you know, X off. And every team does it. My team does it. It's embarrassing. My teams do it. It's embarrassing. Um, and I, I, you wonder why the, the football world um, has incidents like we did at the beginning of the week in Turkey when uh, a club president ran on and punched a referee. Well, you treat refs like absolute crap in that sport, and you have for way too long. So whether or not it's the right way, whether or not it's going to actually um, uh, bring about uh, a sea change in behaviour, I'm not sure, but I at least applaud, uh, applaud uh, those running the game who have finally woken up to the nonsense that's and the at times disgusting behaviour we see from players, coaches, fans alike towards referees in that sport. And you know, I'm sorry, football fans. I, I'm pretty sure I'm a big fan of the game. So you can't call me one of those anti-football uh, type uh, individuals. It just always leaves a bitter taste in my mouth. Uh, so red card in that game. Uh, Spurs two 0 up. Uh, you still think they'll have enough to see this one out. Really tight game there, as I mentioned, at Hagley Oval. Uh, New Zealand seem to be coasting. But uh, Swagger Wiggett's late on, chasing 221 for victory. Uh, let's hear from our commentary team, led by Garth Galloway, who provided great drama with the final call before we hear from Matty Green. Running in bowls to Tahuhu. Down the leg side, it's not going to end in a oh. wide. It is. Oh, oh no. no, that's outrageous that the best player on the park today... Fatima Sana has bowled a wide. She looks disappointed. She should be disappointed. Uh, but they've been so courageous, this Pakistan side. Magnificent. I know it will feel like they've lost. They have, and they've lost the series. But gee whiz, they've been courageous. They've won the hearts of the crowd here and the New Zealand people. They're a terrific side in terms of spirit when you think that they only have three sides playing first-class cricket in Pakistan and they come out here and compete. For me, an awful lot of questions about New Zealand's performance tonight. Again, uh, you know, I'm sorry, well, I'm not sorry to say it. Not a lot of character shown by the side, and uh, I feel that when they get into those positions that they got into with that very good partnership with uh, Bates and Co., Bates and Green, they really have to be able to put sides away, uh, you know, and deal to them properly, Debbie. Yes, I think that they wouldn't be disappointed that it's ended up being this close. I totally agree with you. Disappointing for Fatima to have bowled that wide. I know that they will be disappointed with how the game has ended up, but they'll certainly be breathing a sigh of relief that they've secured those championship points, which are pretty important. Those thoughts from Debbie Hockley. We've also had Chris Harris and Sarah Ellingworth with commentary and comments. Pakistan in a magnificent game here in Christchurch as the uh, things darken here and people start to slip away. Pakistan being asked to bat first made 220. Fatima Sana captaining them in their first game made 90. Natalia Pervez uh, 39 and Najaha Avi, the keeper, made 32. It was 220 they made in 50 overs. Uh, one for 37 for Tohuhu, Rowe, one for 39, Devine took three for 25, Penfold, two for 43, Jonas, seven overs, two for 36, and Amelia Kerr, eight overs, none for 38. And New Zealand started, they were in trouble early on with Kerr out for four. Uh, we then saw the dismissal of uh, Devine for six, and then a very good partnership indeed of 142 between uh, Bates and Green. Bates scoring 74, Green 83, 
Uh, and then uh, a very good contribution at the end by Tahuhu, 21 not out. So New Zealand, 221 for nine. They win by one wicket. South Galloway, Debbie Hockley, uh, part of our commentary team, wrapping up proceedings last night. Uh, a very tight uh, win for New Zealand. Drama-filled conclusion after Pakistan fought to the bitter end. New Zealand seemingly cruising after that big partnership between Bates and uh, Maddie Green. Tumble of wickets gave Pakistan a chance, but 13 valuable runs scored by the final pair in Tahuhu and Jonas New Zealand wrap up the series with a game to spare. Maddie Green was player of the game for her fine 80-odd. She spoke with Chris Harris. Right, I'm joined with Maddie Green. Obviously, we've just got across the line. Talk me through your nerves because I know how mine are. Yeah, I was a little bit nervous there on the sideline. We're trying to give out positive vibes to the girls up the middle, but um, yeah, Leah Tuhu clutch again in that sort of situation. And Fran Jonas, absolutely beautiful batting. Well, you were clutch as well. Coming in at two for 13, obviously great to put on a, a match-winning partnership um, with Susie Bates. What did you guys talk about when you first went out there? Oh, I thought we both just thought we just needed to dig in a little bit and um, try to occupy the crease and build a partnership. And we sort of thought if we did that, the game would open up, and that's just how, the, how it went. And um, we tried to talk about being out there at the end, and obviously that didn't go to plan, so that's something to work on for the next game. I'm sure internally you were nervous when you went out, but I know you've done a lot of hard work in the off-season and through the summer. To us, up in the commentary box, you look so composed out there right from the start of the innings. Was that one of the better innings you feel like you've played under pressure? Uh, yeah, I think so. I was just really clear in my role, and then you just had to bat with Susan, build a partnership with her, and I was just there to support her. And I think um, sometimes in those situations it's a bit easier when you've got a bit of time up your sleeve, and often it's when you have to come in and score at tens. It's, I personally find that's the most difficult situation. So, um, look, I really enjoy batting with Susan. and she's so calm and um, really helpful out there and yeah I was really pleased to put a big partnership together with her and it would have been nice to finish the job but um, yeah next game. Yeah we could see how annoyed you were when you got out but congratulations on the way you played today. It's great to see when people work hard that that hard work pays off and good luck in the next one. Thanks very much Harry. Uh, Chris Harris uh, speaking with uh, Matty Green at the uh, completion of our coverage here on SCNZ last night. New Zealand's one wicket win over Pakistan. Uh, Matty Green uh, making 83 of 96 balls uh, named player of the game. Uh, one more match in that series. We've got one more match this weekend to provide you live ball-by-ball ball international cricket here on SCNZ tomorrow. It's New Zealand up against Bangladesh in the first of uh, their one-day series. Uh, game being played in Dunedin, of course. 23 minutes away from 11 o'clock, back after the break. So you're, you're going South Africa, Binyana, Binyana. That is me. Oh, that yes. is me. <laughs> that is me. Why not? Why not? Africa. Why? Talk about a rude awakening for the All Blacks. Woken by a Brock Bass brass band standing over their bed. The box have battered the All Blacks. They've blitzed the All Blacks. They've bullied. They've butchered. They've bulldozed. They've bashed. They've buffeted the All Blacks. I've got my black armband. I've got my black tape. Here's my black tape going on. Here we go. I'm in mourning. I'm in mourning. There it is, Finn. It's on. There's my black tape on the arm. Here we go. On my arm. Right. Okay. That's on. That's on. Let's get on to the job. Wow. How do we sum that up? Oh my goodness, Daniel! How are you? Magnificent! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Miami is humid. The precipitation, unbelievable at the start of the tournament. Um, man, cricket in Miami. Who would have thought, man? 
Wow. That, that was about as bad as an accent as it was a performance by Grant Elliott on the cricketing field um, in Miami when he was over there, you know, as he came out of retirement after a shock announcement on this very show. No overreaction from me after the Springboks uh, towels at the All Blacks at Twickenham. No overreaction there. That was a very measured response, wasn't it? And Finn becoming a Bafana Bafana fan uh, during the, uh, the, the, the Football World Cup. Excellent stuff. Um, I promised you one of my favourite interviews. Enjoy. We are New Zealand's foremost chili-eating uh, reporters. We are. We, well, we, you are. We cover the sport with the, with the passion it deserves. We've got a megastar on the show today, Grant Elliott. He's, he's ready to go. On Sunday, the 1st of May, 2022, Greg Eingartz Barlow attempted the League of Fire Carolina Reaper Challenge in Newcastle, New South Wales, Australia. He attempted on that day to break the world record of 122 Reapers, weighing in at 706 grams, which was set by Dustin Atomic Menace Johnson. I hope I got that correct. It was a world record that stood for about three years. Not only did he uh, go past 122, he finished eating 160. 160. I ate a third of a Carolina Reaper uh, on the show that day and couldn't finish the show. Uh, Iron Guts joins us now. He must have an iron mouth too. We're absolutely thrilled. It's an honour and a privilege to welcome in Greg Iron Guts Barlow onto the show. Greg, how you doing? Iron Guts. I'm, I'm going absolutely fantastic today. I haven't eaten any chilies, so that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, which wouldn't be a surprise because there is a rumour floating around. And please please tell us if this is true. You don't like hot food? No, not at all. My wife actually enjoys the spice rather than I do. So this is just something that I found by accident and thought I'd run with it. Now, that's incredible. I mean, you know, that's like someone who doesn't like swimming that goes and doesn't like does water. a few lengths. I don't like water. Yeah, don't oh. like water, but I'm going to go and do 80 lengths today. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and that's what makes this so much fun and such an interesting trip. Uh, just a freak of doing it, and that's why I don't train. And, oh, you've got to eat some. Now I've eaten at the chili contests and festivals, and then that's it. I have my spice three times a year, and I've done my quota for eating chilies. <laughs> right, so he does rest and rotation, a bit like rugby players in New Zealand. It doesn't always eat his chilies. Next week, Greg's actually in New Zealand for Lord of the Stings. A contest at the world title chili eating belt match. Wow, that, that sounds complicated. We'll get to that in a moment. But I've got to ask, how on earth did you land in the sport if you don't like hot food, mate? Like, how? Well, I don't know if you know, but Melbourne got locked down for one of the craziest times ever in the whole world. Yes. So the first time that we were allowed out of lockdown, I had just moved to Melbourne. So I hadn't experienced anything yet. So we got on the train. My wife was eight and a half months pregnant at the time. And I found out about this chili contest. And I thought it'd be a bit of fun. We'll go out for the day. We'll have some beers, have some burgers. We'll, um, yeah, give, give my heavily pregnant wife some thing. chili. Makes a whole lot of sense, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so all yeah. I want, I just didn't want to be the first person knocked out. And then when I won the first round, okay, well, when I'm in the finals, I just don't want to be the first person knocked out. And as it turned out, I ended up beating the Australian and New Zealand champion. Not only that, I ate 58 Carolina Reapers. And at the time, I didn't know anything about it. So I just thought that I'd beat someone else off the street. So wife and I packed up. It was only meant to be an hour or so. We stayed there until like about 9.30 at night and then had to get public transport home. Wife's never stood up for so long in all her life. She just wanted a seat. 
I had to take her out to gelato afterwards, and as I'm trying to eat the gelato, I can feel it melting before it even gets to my mouth, and then I couldn't taste it because I just burnt out all senses in my mouth and nose and face and everything. And it's just been so, a whirlwind uh, ride. It's natural. It was like, like, like <laughs> iron guts and chili are like Bradman and scoring runs. They, they, they were just meant to be. But iron guts, <laughs> tell me the physical the physical issues you go through when you're at the apex of this competition. I mean, are you delirious? So you still have your mind, you know, are you thinking clearly? It's a great question because I've seen the video of you going past the world record and you look like calm, so unfazed, but you know, on the inside. (laughs) And are you burning? And in the video, it might be, is is it your daughter behind you that's clapping? (laughs) <laughs> well, she's not allowed near me because this stuff leaks out of your skin, out of your sweat, out of your nose, out oh, of your eyes. Geez. Everywhere just starts to leak lava. And so I can't go near my daughter <laughs> after a competition for about three days because then I'd start burning her. <laughs> Radioactive. Yeah, a really good poker face. So I don't want my opponent to know how much it is absolutely hurting. But I can mm. tell you right now, the very first one hurts just as much as the 160th, and all things oh. just go numb and crazy. Um, I'm delirious before I even get into the competition. That's why I do these competitions. I'm a little bit crazy, so eating the chilies isn't going to affect it too much. But, yeah, it, it knocks out your vision. You start getting tunnel vision because all you want to do is wipe that lava off your face. But all you're doing is just spreading it all over your cheeks and everything. So you just have to fight the urge. It's like a fly when it lands on your face. You don't slap yourself in the face. You just go, oh, well, it'll go away sooner or later. <laughs> it probably hurt yeah. slapping yourself in the face and eating the chilli. <laughs> Can I just say that I love you, Iron Guts. I really do. I've known you for about eight. I've known you for about ten minutes. Absolute legend. But so let me get this right: you don't practice at all. You just enter the competition. You, you go touch, right. This is going to be touched, a spicy day. Been touched by greatness like Iron Guts has training. Yeah, I need to train. Well, it hurts. Why would I want to do this more than I have to? No. <laughs> Uh, and that's, that's why I feel really bad because part of the winnings is you get chilli sauces and you get all the um, oh, chilli people saying, oh, here, can you endorse my Will product? You, you have this? I don't and like so I just have a cupboard full of chilli sauces. I love Iron Guts. Yeah, all his winnings brings him about hot spices and spices. He doesn't even like hot food. Can't even give him the way. I, I, I'm guessing I know what his family and friends are getting. Uh, for Christmas. Uh, one of my favourite chats. Hope you enjoyed it, uh, Flynn. I know, uh, that was I incredible. That <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. He's <laughs> absolute legend. Might be the only world champion on the planet who never trains for his sport. Uh, the great Iron Guts. Um, I think the Canadian tried to knock him off his world record. Failed. So he still has the record about 29 more uh, Carolina Reapers than any other person in one sitting. The great Iron guts. More to come after the break. I, I think our computer system has decided to eat chilies in the ad break. Um, I don't know what the heck happened there. Dino with an I, D-I-N-O, uh, writes, the chili guy must be the King Bogan of the year, Australia and New Zealand combined. Brilliant. Yeah, he was an absolute classic. That was only part of the interview. There were so many great yarns from Iron Guts. Uh, I've got one of my other favourites. I'll play to you a little bit later. Finn will drop in some of his. It's our final show. 
coming up though, um, normal service kind of will resume. Um, we'll head to the United States and talk the NBA, Draymond Green and other things. We'll also have our Razine Talking Cricket segment with Grant Allen. I caught up with him a little bit earlier. So that will be a big feature in the next hour. But uh, very shortly, we'll have the very latest in sports headlines on the other side of the break, including an update from the Spurs Forest EPL game.